Many of the animals on exhibit at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History have been dead for a very long time. But this week on Inventing Pittsburgh, death isn't the end of a story, but the middle. It would be easy to breeze past the mountain goats on their sliver of vertical cliff, or the zebra, or to step around the black rhino at the Carnegie. But these are not just any animals. They're animals remade by humans. Most of the time you make one cut from the middle of the breast down to the vent and you start peeling the skin back. Stephen Rogers is collection manager for birds and he describes how to prepare a specimen for taxidermy. He estimates he's taken apart at least 15,000 birds. You slowly start peeling that backwards, like turning a sock backwards. And then in taxidermy, you have to reconstruct that. The idea of scooping out an animal just to rebuild it in plaster and burlap, or today latex and epoxy, might seem odd. But taxidermy hit its stride long before Google Images made the curiosities of the animal kingdom widely available, says Rogers. A hundred years ago, there wasn't television. It wasn't easy to hop on an airplane and fly to Africa and see things. The diorama puts you in a place and you essentially see everything. The diorama is the world in which a taxidermy mount exists. Mounts can stand alone, but placing them in habitats was the trend in the 1970s, when Pat Martin started working at the museum as chief preparator. You walk out there and uh, you feel very vulnerable. You know, you don't know what the heck's behind this bush or this tree or something because you're new to Africa, you know. Martin traveled all over the world, studying habitats in the U.S., the Arctic, and Africa. I wanted you to feel like you were in there, and uh, so you walk into the middle of it. It is a diorama in the museum's Hall of African Wildlife. Zebra, wildebeest, and a warthog gather at a watering hole. The mud around it is dry and cracked, and the water is opaque. A fly irritates the nose of a creature that hasn't felt anything since the late 1800s. When you're making a diorama like this, you put those little details in there. That's what makes the whole thing realistic. Taxidermists have gone to great lengths to achieve the perfect imitation of life. For some, it was an extension of hunting, with an eye toward better understanding the natural world. I think you have to be an artist. Uh, you have to know form, you have to... Uh, you observe this animal alive and what he looks like and how he acts and how he moves. It was common in the early to mid-1900s for museums to keep teams of taxidermists, background painters, and plant makers on staff. But by 2012, not a single major U.S. museum had a staff taxidermist. Martin saw the change coming and left in 2000. A lot of the dioramas, I feel, have served their purpose, uh, but they still... They're great pieces of artwork and uh, deserve to be preserved. I hope these things last another hundred years. Taxidermy is a surreal quest, immortalizing the dead, but with proper care it's possible. An 1867 mount, Arab courier attacked by lions, is still going strong at the Carnegie. Ironically, these animals will outlive any evidence of the artists who made them. The dioramas no longer carry their names. In his basement, Martin keeps work from other preparators that the museum discarded. He puts his hands in his pockets. I would hope somebody would save some of my stuff like this, you know, when I'm gone. For 90.5, WESA celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh. I'm Margaret J. Krause. UPMC is proud to support 90.5 WESA celebrates Inventing Pittsburgh. UPMC, life-changing medicine.